NBA fans? We're here on the last week of the NBA season. We're getting ready down the home stretch before the playoffs start, and we got some news here. Um, serious allegations against Kristaps Por- Porzingis coming out of New York. Lonzo Ball erasing big baller brand not only from his skin but also from his social media accounts. The Washington Wizards are turning the page by firing their longtime general manager. And Greg Popovich just got kicked out in 63 seconds against the Denver Nuggets. And is LeBron James still all NBA? We discussed this and more, but still, here's a quick trivia question for you, Sean. When was the last time LeBron James did not? make an all-NBA team. Oh, man, Alan, an all-NBA team. So that that's being basically a top 15 player in this league. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, I, man, I got to go with the year he didn't make the playoffs, uh, which was the second year in the league, which my math is terrible, but I'm going to guess that's like 2004. Yep, you actually hit the nail No the way! 2003, <laughs> 2004. Wow. Well... Is that the so? I guess in context, the way the question is worded, you're wrong, right? Wait. Because the last time he didn't make an All NBA team was actually his oh, rookie year. Okay, so which he was still the made 2003 it his season. Year. Okay, yeah, he was still an All NBA selection uh, his second so year. I was almost right. I was, <laughs> my bad math actually got me the points there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so just goes to show you this man has not only been dominating the playoffs, but also the All-NBA selection. And we'll discuss further whether or not this guy deserves to be All-NBA this year. I mean, serious case for yes and serious case for no. But in New York, we got some serious assault claims against Christophe Porzingis. Um, a woman alleges that she was assaulted by Christophe Porzingis the night after he tore his ACL. Of course, him and his team deny the allegations um, some of the claims are kind of funky, but the claims go that Porzingis promised $68,000 to pay for this woman's brother's college tuition um, after uh, she promised or Christoph Porzingis basically did not want her to go public with this. And so she, in order to I mean, this is basically extortion here in order to not go public with it. Uh, Porzingis promised $68,000 $68, to pay for her brother's tuition. And the Knicks were aware of this situation as far back as December and also made Dallas aware of the extortion allegations. But the team's, a team source claims that they were not aware of the rape claim. What are, you, what are your thoughts here, Sean? I mean, this is, <laughs> oh, this is quite the story. I don't even know, man. Is this a story? I don't even know if it's a story, dude. Yeah. Like, it's a story. A it's a story if it comes out that he did, he did rape this woman. But... I just have to think that more often than not, there are people out there that are just trying to get something out of these very wealthy individuals that live in our society um, that give them sexual favors in return for money or gifts or whatever. And I I really I'm not going to say this is anything against Porzingis until some hard evidence comes out, because these are way too huge allegations to give this any seriousness unless like we know for sure that it happened. Yeah. And I mean, this whole thing is in the early stages of investigation. Um, So it's hard to say what's truth, what's true and what's not, what's exaggerated or um, just playing out a lie. So I think it's just a matter of letting this all play out. But I think more the basketball angle here is Dallas just, Oh, I've, 
before I get to Dallas, I always felt that there was something else to this deal. <laughs> and this is it. This right, is it here. This, I, I, yeah, it's like it's Porzingis, right? You think that you would get way much more for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Porzingis is like, what was he, like a top 25 player, you think? Top 30 player in the yeah, league? Yeah, when he's fully when, healthy, yeah. Exactly, and you trade him for Dennis Smith Jr. and a couple of other players. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is nice, but he's not a top 30 <laughs> he's player. He's not even close. <laughs> And what they got yeah. was just some cap space, really, by getting guys like DeAndre Jordan. And, I mean, getting rid of Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee's contract was nice and all. But at the end of the day, you lost your franchise player. And the the definite shady part of this is, did the Knicks kind of lie to the Mavericks by only calling it an extortion claim when, in fact, they knew there were rape charges as well? Because I right. feel like if they if Dallas knew that there were rape charges, they might have been like, okay, this is, like, kind of serious. If it's just extortion, that's probably a lot of players in the league that get extorted for the amount of money that they have. Um, yeah. From, yeah, even probably from some of their, like, childhood friends that try to extort them for money. It's like, yeah, that's no big deal. But, right. yeah, when you're talking about sexual assault, that's that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dallas could very well... I mean, this is, this is I guess, a worst-case scenario right now since not a lot of evidence is known but Porzingis could end up in jail if this all if he's found guilty for these uh, very serious assault uh sexual assault allegations um and Dallas gave away some of their young prospects uh for nothing if he goes to if this guy goes to jail that would be Uh, really bad (laughs) yeah so this is crazy but I guess the question has to be asked here like I mean do you believe Dallas that they weren't aware of this and if you do I mean do you make this move as a hypothetical general manager if you got the opportunity? If there's a rape claim? Yeah. I would not make that move. No way. But, I mean, some people don't care about that kind of stuff, you know? Some of these owners, right. they're just in it for the money. They don't care if, like, their players are the most upstanding citizens. Yeah, this is yeah, this is crazy, and I mean, Mark Cuban has got to be just stressing out right now, just sweating bullets what looked to be like a sort of like a too good to be true moment, I think has kind of at least up to this point, halfway almost got into the point where maybe it was too good to be true. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna we're just gonna have to see how long this gets dragged out for. If this starts getting into the summer, like, are we when are we gonna get an answer for this? Because this is only gonna be a distraction for this team until something comes to light. And it's like, man, right. if you if you know, like, you're gonna be rolling with Porzingis next year. He didn't do anything. That's awesome. But if he's not going to be there, like, man, that that totally screws over any plans the Mavericks had of competing next year and for a really long time, honestly, because you lose out on one of your two big stars and you probably don't have a draft pick this year. Um, I don't just I just don't see how you rebuild fast enough to get into relevancy anytime soon. Yeah, and there's definitely no clauses, at least not that I know of, in the NBA rules that let you forgive that cap space for when your player might go to prison uh-huh. <laughs> for sexual yeah, they, assault. They probably get something, <laughs> something similar to like when John Wall slipped and fell in his home. They get some sort of like, <laughs> we're like sorry, yeah, exception. we're sorry, exception. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only, I guess, the closest scenario to this is potential scenario is like when Kobe Bryant was going flying back and forth to Colorado to attend his court cases. Right. Yeah. I mean, he did it through the whole year into the playoffs Oof. in the finals like that's insane that that might be what Porzingis uh season looks like next year which 
It's crazy, man. Yeah, God, it's just it's that's a horrible part of the whole game, really. You know, this is part of mm-hmm. it. How much money they make, um, the type of lifestyle some of these guys lead. I mean, I and I never saw Porzingis as a guy that would get himself into this kind of trouble. You know, he's always been a pretty quiet dude as far as NBA personalities are concerned. Right, just one bad decision potentially here, but we'll see how it goes. Oh, how about Lonzo Ball also hitting the court cases here with um, filing a lawsuit against his uh, former business partner, his father's business partner, co-founder of his brand, the Big Baller brand, Alan Foster, suing him for $2 million on allegations of him taking uh, $1.5 million from his personal uh, bank account here. And Foster, a man who owns 16% of the current big baller brand. Um, this guy's a shady guy. So I was reading more into it and there's some shady stuff that was happening <laughs> here. So Alan Foster went to prison on fraud allegations, lying to investors, and he was actually on parole and he failed that parole and went back <laughs> to jail because he was not allowed to be part of any business venture. God. And obviously then he went and started a company called Next Catch LLC, this was months before he met LaVar and the rest of the family. He went back to jail, got out for failing uh, his parole, and then met up with the Ball family and basically turned that company, Next Cash, into the big baller brand. Um, and I don't know. This is all alleged, so who knows? But it seems like this man carried some pretty complex uh, fraud. So he basically created these fake uh, financing companies, which Lonzo Ball would then turn and take loans from. And then those financing charges, those fees that these financing companies would charge Lonzo Ball were actually just personal personal money that would go back to Alan wow. Foster via these fake uh, financing companies. So it was a complex, but also... Man, how did how do you let yourself get fooled like this at the same time, I'm thinking? Dude, Lonzo Ball's like 20 years old. He doesn't know how money works. I mean, I definitely yeah. don't know how money works either. Like, this sounds like <laughs> some next-level movie type of stuff, you know? Like, this is some advanced fraud right here. Right. Like, yeah, I don't even, I don't even about... understand what you even said, really. <laughs> so, I mean, so basically it's like, so the, the claims, the court case claims that ESPN got their hands on claims that he arranged for eight loans uh, to be taken out by Lonzo Ball with financing fees of nearly $950,000. So basically he takes out this loan um, and then on top of that, he's charged interest and fees. And that fee, instead of actually going to this company, it actually went back into Alan Foster's pocket because these companies weren't real financing companies they were just fake ones that he created in order to take more money from the family man that's insane it's so he yeah do you think Lonzo's gonna get all his money then no he's not getting it really this man probably lost it all somehow well he's got to get it somehow if he wins the court case he's gonna he'll win the court case and he might get it back in like 30 years probably (laughs) or something (laughs) luckily he got more money on his way but yeah, Man, this is just insane. I don't I don't really understand. I mean, I can totally understand that Big Baller brand would be at the center of this entire charade. Like, this company was doomed from the start. And yeah. it, it's good that Lonzo was able to figure this out before it got too deep into it. Um, mm-hmm. It's only been a few years, luckily, and he's able to get him and his two brothers out of there. Um, actually sign on with some real companies with people that will actually not steal from him, hopefully. Yeah, and I think I think reality kind of hit him. I think he probably was living on a cloud. And, I mean, his family seems like a hardworking 
family not they're no uh financing gurus i'd imagine so they were kind of i think just trying their best to make something work and unfortunately i mean it was a big risk what they were trying to do and it hurts even more that they ended up partnering with a really shady guy right from the start because i think lavar ball i mean big baller brand and his his theatrics on tv and stuff i i don't like but the idea of what he was going for made sense to me, and it was risky, and it was very gutsy, and it kind of sucks that it that's kind of fallen off this way. Well, yeah, you make you make terrible friends like Alan Foster, and that's what happens. But I mean, another question is: is this like the end of the Ball brothers' relationship with their dad for a while? Maybe in a business sense, I think. You, you but... don't think in a personal sense too? Like, I would I would be pretty upset. If my dad lost yeah. lost me all that money, trying to basically trying to extort me for like everything that I'm worth, you know, like Lonzo yeah, Ball I could mean, have been making money with uh, Nike or Reebok or any one of these other brands and chose to believe in his dad and his dad let him down. Yeah, and I think that's the more upsetting thing here is that I mean Lonzo, when you look at it, when he was when all this stuff was going on, the man, the kid i should say was 19 18 yeah. 20 years old you're so young and i mean i'm sure he had a lot of faith in his dad's word and his dad's um trust in alan foster and yeah i'm sure he feels betrayed by it uh but i mean we'll see i think business in the business sense i think lonzo is probably moved on considering he removed that big baller brand tattoo from his own skin yeah. but some something else that i found interesting was on mason and ireland in la the radio station i was listening to it the other day and marissa mitchell uh quote unquote lavar's biographer <laughs> or also longtime neighbor she was on the show just talking about the family and the big baller brand in this fallout she's no longer affiliated with them but uh, she basically uh, was just somebody who hung out with the family a lot growing up and worked with Big Baller Branch. She kind of wanted to just uh, have an opportunity after college. And LaVar invited her to just uh, write this biography novel that he eventually envisioned was going to come out about him. Um, and she worked as the web designer, customer service rep, publicist, everything you can imagine. And she just basically gave a good, I think, insight into what it was like, and she described it as chaotic. Uh, people were just never paid. Oh. Some people who were were just rarely paid, and uh, just claims that we're family and just put the trust, just trust us. And I mean, eventually she said she she left, but uh, she is gonna have a book come out come out soon because she did end up finishing all uh, finishing all her thoughts that she witnessed. Uh, it's not gonna be an official biography on Lavar Ball, but rather just a. A, a memoir of her days with Yikes. Big Baller Brand. Tarnishing his legacy that continues to look worse and worse every day. Are you going to pick up yeah. one of those copies? I'm actually pretty interested, yeah. you know. I might as long actually as the money doesn't go to LeVar Ball and it goes to Marissa Mitchell, I'm cool with <laughs> it, man. Because he, he doesn't deserve a cent for what it seems like the way he treated everyone was just terrible. Yeah, I think they just, I think, I mean, and you probably agree with me and many people probably agree when this whole thing came out. It looked like they were, it was done by amateurs. The logo, the <laughs> website design, the customer service story, nightmare stories that were coming out. I mean, the Better Business Bureau ratings on Oof. Big Baller Brand are horrendous. Oh, like, yeah, they went. They tried to go so negative, and finally <laughs> came back and bit them. Like after after a few years here, where we thought, wow, like it seems like everything they're doing is like actually working in their favor. Turns out, it definitely wasn't. Yeah, well, LeVar Ball, 
I just jumped on a radio station. I forgot where this morning and claims that the brand is doing good. And, <laughs> and he's upbeat. You know, he's he's doing his theatrical uh, interviews like that have come to be his signature ones. Some things never change. Yeah. How about the Washington Wizards dismissing their president, Ernie Grunfeld? I mean, a change was going to have to happen in this franchise. The, they've rotated through coaches. They've given out deals to players, traded players now. I guess the domino had to fall on Ernie Grunfeld at some point here. Dude, this this podcast has been really sad so far. First <laughs> sexual assault, then fraud and embezzlement or whatever you want to call it. And now just the firing of a president of basketball operations. This is just all bad news so far. I feel I like know, a normal news station. But, yeah. <laughs> man, and, uh, this had to happen for the Washington Wizards. I mean, this guy... He's been their president of basketball operations, GM, since 2003. Um, when they had their good years with Arenas and Jamison and Butler. Um, that was one of my favorite teams back in the day, and they've done nothing but get worse since then. Even with having guys like John Wall and Bradley Beal, um, some really talented players alongside them, you'd think that they would have at least been able to achieve something um, in the Eastern Conference, which has been pretty weak um, over the yeah. last decade or so, really, and they are just never able to get over the hump. Team chemistry issues were always the story there with this team. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're ha- they just had to cut the guy at the top eventually or else nothing was ever going to change. It was going to continue to be more of the same um, under right. this guy. So the search for a new yeah. GM's on. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame here because when you – I mean, at least when you look at the last two years with this team, they've just been plagued with injuries I'm not sure if the team chemistry issues are real. They seem to be real since the reports keep coming out, but I guess it's hard to say unless you're in there. But this year, the injury to John Wall, the the falling in the house, yeah, <laughs> the, the Dwight Howard never coming back. Like this team was just not set up for success because of that. And Ernie Grunfeld, unfortunately, has had to be one of the people out as a result of all these things. And it almost just seems like bad luck, but. I mean that's just basketball. Some, I mean, talk talk to the Pelicans, talk to the Lakers right now. It's mm-hmm. like sometimes things just don't fall your way, and fortunately, it's a business too. Somebody's got to somebody gets the hatchet every time, right? And this is a big market team. They have more expectations than maybe a team like the Pelicans would have. Um, mm-hmm. So to oust this guy now, it's like they're they're making a statement. It's like we've had enough, man. <laughs> like you've had plenty of time to try to bring a championship here, and you haven't even really come close. Yeah, now it just. Um, this just puts this franchise in such a weird spot. Like, are they truly, are they going to tank now? I mean, can you tank when you have a contract like John Wall's on your books? (laughs) I mean, you kind of have to tank because the draft is the only way they can build at this point. I mean, they don't have to worry about tanking next year. They'll do that just fine because John Wall's not even going to play a single game (laughs) probably. Um, To the dismay of Bradley Beal, really. Uh, it's going to be a really rough season for him as he tries to continue to make himself a commodity in this league, which I feel like he's done since the All-Star break. Bradley yeah. Beal's just been on absolute tear. I love the kid's game, and he's been playing harder than anybody else, really, um, through this last part of the regular season. So just to see a guy yeah. in, the, in the peak of his career right now, honestly, for Bradley Beal, to be in a franchise like this, it just sucks, but you got to hope that this firing at least is the start of something new. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting if he, if this new guy, whoever it is that comes in, gives Bradley Beal an extension, or does he just ultimately decide, 
let's just start this all over. And if John Wall comes back and plays basketball for us, he comes back. <laughs> Man, I got to think Bradley Beal's the guy to build around now. He's healthy. He's playing really well. You don't know how John Wall's going to come back after this injury. You have to build around a guy that you know you can rely on. Yeah, it's just definitely going to come to a question of finance. Like, do you want to keep paying the look? Because if you if you bring on Bradley Beal, you got to put some amount of decent guys around him. So that means you're talking luxury tax territory. Right. Yeah. Hope, uh, they, hope they're it, willing to d- d- dive deep into those pockets. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's general manager financing time, man. But uh, how about the Brooklyn Nets um, just continuing to to fight in the Eastern Conference playoff race? And Kenny Atkins and his staff are uh, basically completing their contract extensions when well-deserved, I think. Yeah, finally getting on to a more positive note in this podcast. This is great news for this Nets team, man, who had honestly probably zero expectations going into this year. Not really sure what they are capable of, but, man, the huge development of D'Angelo Russell, Carice LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, and so far on their way to what looks to be close to a 500 season, which is better than they could have expected at the beginning of the year, although... At this point in the year, they were probably hoping they would be a little higher and that would have clinched a playoff spot by now. Um, but yeah. with multiple injuries to key guys, um, they kind of took a little slide here at the end. But, hey, at the end of the day, this Nets team is in a playoff contention spot, and that is a big victory for them this year. Yeah, they've come a long way since basically having nothing to their name after giving every single draft pick and player uh, to Boston there, <laughs> yeah. losing them to free agency. Like, that's a huge step for them. Uh, I, I'm, I just kind of feel a little uh, distraught or, like, kind of disgusted a little bit that <laughs> this team is barely going to get 500 by my potential walk out with the sixth or seventh seed in the Eastern Conference <laughs> playoffs, which I think is such a joke here. Oh, it's so dumb. But, hey, I guess it, it is what it is. Yeah, man, the Sacramento Kings would still be in it if they were in the East. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and also if you consider the contract that the Sacramento, I mean, the contract, the schedule, the Sacramento Kings would be playing if they were in that division with the Nets. Oh, yeah. They, they, might they would be. probably be a playoff team. Yeah. But I mean, exactly. this, is, this is just the beginning for this Nets team. I feel like it's all going to be like bright roads ahead for them. Like they are looking up. They've finally gotten over all of the lost draft picks and players that they had to give away in those terrible trades in the past. And this is a new future for this team, and honestly, a pretty nice free agent landing spot, pretty attractive spot for some of these guys that are going to be um, free agents in the offseason this year. Right, and hopefully Carice LeVert starts getting his game back as well. Yeah, I mean, two, two brutal injuries to him and Dinwiddie. It, it's going to be interesting to see how they do um, if they do make the playoffs. Um, they, they do seem yeah. a little rusty, but I mean, after, after another offseason, I don't really worry about these guys. Right. And what about the Western Conference? Those playoff seeding races still continue. I mean, it's not 14 deep, but it's definitely, eight, uh, what would you say? I mean, the Warriors and the Nuggets are pretty far up there, but three to eight are definitely still up for contention. Um, realistically, though, it's probably just what? Six, five, six, five, four, six, five, four. Um, yeah. And the rest down up. Um, but. What do you think here, Sean? Yeah, I think what we're looking at is the Warriors have pretty much all but clinched the first seed. The Nuggets have all but clinched the second. Um, the Rockets and Blazers could potentially trade spots, but I see the Rockets finishing the season out strong, so those will probably stay the same. 
Um, Jazz will probably hold their lead over the Clippers for the fifth seed, um, even though they're only separated by a game right now. And you're looking at OKC and the Spurs actually being seventh and eighth right now, which I know that you did not expect to happen. You thought the Clippers were shooing for that eighth seed. I that's what I thought. I mean, when we were looking at those percentages breakdowns, where were they at eighty percent? And I was like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot yeah, of sense. I told sense you here, that was the one. That was the one. I was like, I don't think they're going to be the eighth seed. But we still have a couple more games here, and if the Clippers can hold on, I mean, they're getting their butts whooped right now. <laughs> Ultimately, I'm probably going to lose that game, but they're still safe from not being the eighth seed. But I mean, they still got four more games, and then they got one last game against the Utah Jazz, which I think is going to be huge for both these teams in terms of where each one of them ultimately finishes in the standings. But we were just talking. I mean, I kind of, before we started recording, but I kind of wish we get OKC versus Warriors in the first. I mean, yeah, OKC versus Warriors in the first round. I don't really want to see Spurs versus Warriors. I want to (laughs) see OKC. I know it's funny because I'm sure OKC is fighting for their lives to get out of that eight seed right now. And that's all we want to see, man. We want to see the Warriors fight so hard in that first round. Russell Westbrook's just going to go absolutely nuclear in that playoff series. And, oh, man, we were robbed of that last year. I just need to see that happen this year. Right, and this team is fully healthy. I mean, they're not playing good, but that schedule has been brutal for them this mm-hmm. uh, dur- during that month of March. And I think it's kind of, like, winded them a little bit. So hopefully they pick it up sooner. Maybe not too much because I want them to stay yeah, in that Yeah, pick it up for the playoffs. Yeah, but like yeah. you can maybe rest R- Russell Westbrook and Paul George a few games here. Let the Spurs yeah. get that seventh seed. Um, but w- what we could also get is a Rockets-Clippers series if everything stays the same here. Chris Paul going up against his former team. little revenge for Lou Williams, Pat Beverly, Montrez Harrell. I, I, yeah. I think that's a kind of cool story. Not really like a rivalry by any means like they don't hate each other i mean chris paul it seems like he hates every team but i mean that could be a fun matchup to watch see see how these guys play against their former teams i'm i was gonna i'm gonna disagree with you i think this is kind of a a rivalry now you think so i i I mean this is this is the these are the two teams that had the tunnel situation happen yeah but all the players (laughs) from that situation that were on the clippers are gone and austin rivers is even on the rockets now (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true maybe yeah (laughs) i've heard what a funny story now austin rivers has switched alliances there i mean i thought chris paul and him had a bad relationship but they're doing well now i know right it's funny how yeah one year can change everything but somehow la though just whether it's the lakers or the clippers seems to bring out aggression from this rockets team and <laughs> those games seem to be very physical and chatty so i i'm excited to have this be a potential yeah, first I can, round matchup. i can totally see patrick beverly starting a brawl between these teams him and chris paul start getting into it oh, oh man yeah. oh that's gonna be fun i i, yeah, I want to see this yeah, Pat Patrick Beverly against uh, against Chris Paul. Bring it on, yeah. man. Let's see That's it. That's a good matchup, man. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, let's see what else happens there. And I mean, I also don't think OKC wants to see Utah in the first round, so well, we probably won't see that. Or at least I hope not. I think I think we already saw enough of that last <laughs> year. And in terms of Portland, I think Portland is a favorable matchup, of course, with the loss of. Nurkic, so I wouldn't really call them the favorite in any matchup, whether it's 
against Utah or the Spurs or OKC or even the Clippers for that matter. Right. But it makes that Cantor signing even more important for them, for them to just mm-hmm. be able to have a starting center available. I mean, Cantor obviously lacks a lot defensively that Nurkic gave you, but he'll make up for that in offense for sure. Um, yeah. So it might not be as bad of a thing as it was for them last year when they lost Nurkic, um, where they just really had no chance against the Pelicans. But right. um, this year might be different. And Damian Lillard, you know he's going to be hungry in that first round because he's got something to prove. Yeah, this guy hasn't been to the second round since that that magical game winner against the Rockets. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I, I'm going to be interested to watch this Blazers team. And hopefully CJ McCollum can come back before the playoffs start because he's yeah. still out. Um, and if they don't have him, like, it's just all bets are off. Like, that's going to be an easy win for the Jazz, in my opinion. Um, if those two are to end up playing each other. Right. And then you talk about an opportunity straight from the heavens for Ennis Cantor here. He has a chance to resurrect his NBA career right now. He's in the doldrums, man. He's about to get assassinated by Turkish spies. (laughs) Uh, He was relegated (laughs) to the bench in favor of guys like Noah Vonley and Luke Cornett. Um, And he even got DNP coach decisions for a few games (laughs) there before getting bought out. And now he's yeah, looking exactly. at like yeah he's in on a playoff team starting, and man it's it it's a good turnaround story for this man. Exactly. Talk about a blessing <laughs> of a, an opportunity straight from the heavens yeah. for this guy. See what he does with it, man. Let's see because yeah. he he could walk out of this season as a veteran minimum guy, or he could get ten million. Yeah, for one the year. amount of money that's going to be flowing around this year, man. If he can have a good playoffs, oh man, he's going to be rolling in it. Yeah, let's see. But how about the race to the bottom in the Eastern Conference? Like, I've called this, like, I forgot what I called it, the most lackluster, pathetic playoff race I've ever seen. That'll about sum it up. (laughs) (laughs) But it is. But it's still kind of fun and funny to watch. But, I mean, who are the contenders here? Is the Hornets, the Nets, Magic Heat, and Pistons here. Um, Only a game separation between the sixth and the ninth seed. And the question has to be asked out of all these sorry franchises, I, I guess excluding the Miami Heat here, who needs these playoff spots the most? Oh, why are we excluding the Miami Heat? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've gotten a championship within the decade. Bro, they need this playoff spot. <laughs> this is Dwayne Wade's last season. If he doesn't okay. get in the playoffs, everyone's going to be upset. I'm going to be upset. Miami's going to be upset. NBA fans <laughs> all around the world are going to be upset. They don't get at least four more games of Dwayne Wade. So you've made your case that it's the mad, the Heat who it's, need this playoff spot. It's all about spot. Dwayne Wade's send-off, man. Give this man one more playoff round. Let Giannis just take him to town. But give him a good <laughs> send-off, you know? You know what? This You know who needs it? I'm going to disagree with you what? here. And I think you know who I'm going to say. Oh, the Orlando the Magic. <laughs> the Orlando Magic need this playoff spot. And For it's what? not... It's, for what? Yeah. For the good of their franchise, for the survival of this franchise. You really think like, this is going to do anything for their franchise, though? Maybe what's a four zero sweep going to do for their <laughs> franchise? Give them legitimacy that they're actually an NBA team, not a Division Two amateur team. But you said it yourself, like, man. This is amateur, pathetic levels of bad these teams are playing right now to get these playoff spots that they don't deserve. <laughs> I think the Orlando Magic need to get there. They need something, man. <laughs> they just need something to happen to that franchise. Like, it's just been total bad news there. Okay, I mean, if the Orla- well, <laughs> if Orlando wants to keep this team, 
they have to have some form of success. And if that means a 4-0 sweep, so be it. Because um, I think, and if this keeps going, what I think the NBA needs to take some action on some of these sorry <laughs> franchises. Like, like push the owners out or force a relocation or something. Yeah. I don't know. Could you make <laughs> the argument that the Hornets need this more than the Magic for the sake of their franchise? It's up there. It's up there. I mean, there. not yeah. like the Hornets are more than likely out because they're they're two and a half games back. They have to win every game out, and the other teams have to continue losing every game. So it's not looking very likely for them. But I think if we're talking about sorry franchises, the Hornets have to be worse than the Magic. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to push Michael Jordan out, I think. Yeah, you're not going to push him out. Uh, but, man, you're going to lose your best, your only good asset in Kemba Walker. You have a bunch of young guys that have very little potential and a lot of fat contracts that you can't get out of <laughs> for years to come. Yeah, when you put it down that way, it's close. It's close. But the Orlando <laughs> Magic, come on. Like, I feel bad for these guys. They've let go of Tobias, Victor Odolipo. Um, They've kept people like Evan Fournier on their team. Aaron Gordon. God, it's all like, self-imposed, I, I, man. I had hopes for this, I mean, man. Aaron Gordon thought, isn't a bad player, but he's certainly he's not, not a good player. I thought this was going to be a breakout year for him. I was betting on this guy. Yeah, and He had some great games. Yeah. But then he went back to just, uh, you know, a little average average NBA player. You know, he's a starter. Right. But he's not an all-star or borderline all-star. Yeah, man. I don't know. It, it, it's tough between those two. The Magic have the chance to make it now because all these teams are playing terribly. The Pistons, Nets, and Heat are all on two-game losing streaks right now. And I've lost multiple <laughs> games in their last five games, more games than they've lost and they've won. And it just seems like no one wants to make it. It's almost like they want to be in the lottery. So they have like a 0.5% chance at Zion Williamson. <laughs> like they'd rather have yeah. that than get playoff revenue. Right. And you know, I, I'm really surprised at the Pistons for being this, this bad. Like, I mean, and they weren't this bad. They were not part of this group not that long ago. Well, I mean, ago. this and is also a team at the beginning of the All-Star break was in, like, 10th. And then they went on that True. run to be in the sixth spot. And I thought they turned a corner with that run. I thought, you know, like, the Pistons are here. Blake Griffin is all-NBA potential. Andre Drummond wants to be all-NBA. He's angry he got snubbed <laughs> out of playoff yeah. spot. Reggie Jackson is finally looking like a decent starting point guard. <laughs> Um, and that's but it. Then they t- but then they go on <laughs> these, these losing streaks, like inconsistent play. Like, who is this team really? Like, are they an Andre Drummond defensive minded, hard rebounding team, or are they a Blake Griffin power point power forward uh, type team, or are they neither of those? Just they're just a team that goes through the motions. Yeah, well, that's the problem. I think is that they don't have their identity. You know, like they. They're trying to figure it out in a league that's gone small, that's gone three-point shooting, and they're rolling with a traditional backcourt. Yeah, and Stanley Johnson. Why Why did this team take roll the dice on Stanley Johnson and not Tobias? Yeah, I mean, they were able to ship other... him off, um, so at least there's that. But <laughs> Oh, is he not on Yeah, the no, he was one of those trade deadline trades that no one cares about. <laughs> um, they picked up Wayne Ellington at the buyout in the buyout market. But all right. it's like all the. I mean, they traded Reggie Bullock away for God, Svi Mikhailuk. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, 
Yeah, these are not winning moves by any means. So I, I don't even know who wants this, man. I feel like the Magic want it the most. The Hornets want it the most. The Magic will probably get it. Yeah, so point, are I you just, leaning I, now towards, are no, you leaning I towards cannot, the Magic? No, I can't lean towards them. <laughs> I have to go with the Heat, man. The Heat have to make it in. I will be so upset if Dwayne Wade does not make the playoffs. He's actually playing good basketball right now, too. It was the crazy <laughs> I thing. Want to, I don't want to see... Uh, 36-year-old Dwayne Wade out there just get freaking blistered up by Malcolm Dude, Brogdon, Giannis, and Eric Malcolm Bledsoe. Malcolm Brogdon like, isn't going to be there. But true. Du- Dwayne <laughs> Wade has been playing really well lately. And, man, if I've, if I've learned anything, like you don't count out these NBA superstar veterans. You remember Manu Ginobili's block on James Harden? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's one play. One play hey, does not define Dwayne an entire is, series. Dwayne Wade though. is playing much better than Manu Ginobili played that year. I, I think I we think, should just and let he knows Dwayne how to Wade play go. Basketball. We'll let him go in the playoffs. Send no, him we let off. him go as we remember him now. As <laughs> like, we don't need to see him be just destroyed in the in, in, in a, in a four game playoff series against the best team in the NBA, a young <laughs> physical team like. No, let's just send him off into the sunset the best way. Kind of like how Kobe, you know, he went, he scored 62. It was great. That team had no yeah. chance at the playoffs, though. <laughs> this team has a chance. If that Kobe team had a chance at the playoffs, you'd be like, yeah, I want to see Kobe get swept in, in the eighth seed. <laughs> you would want that. Four more games. I don't know. Four more games. We'll see. There's a half game separation, so it's definitely not locked in at all. Uh, so we'll see who gets yeah, in there. Fun race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's go to big dealer for Geffo. I mean, talk about Manu Ginobili. Here we go. I mean, the Spurs retire this man's jersey. We definitely saw it coming. Tim Duncan, Tony Parker were in, te- were in attendance. And I think it's funny because days leading up to this, there's a video that came out of Tim Duncan kickboxing. And he's got longer hair. What? And he looks like a straight <laughs> hippie, man. He looks like he's enjoying life. <laughs> yeah, me. I've, I've not really heard much about what Tim Duncan's been doing. I'm sure he's just enjoying his time. You know, but yeah. uh, able to find some time in his probably not very busy schedule to come out and see Ginobili's jersey hung from the rafters. And that's pretty awesome, man. This guy is one of only two players ever to have won a EuroLeague title, an NBA title, and an Olympic gold medal. Um, huge accolades from this guy who might be one of the best sixth men ever um, to play this yeah. game, coming off the bench, um, paving the way for a lot of other um, playmakers like Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford. Um, yeah, to to fill that role, and he really was kind of the pioneer of that. Yeah, I mean, I love my. I mean, I hated Monal Ginobili <laughs> and some of those playoff series, but I mean, uh, after after a while, I mean, I've kind of grew to really respect this guy and, and love his game. I mean, I've always loved his game. I kind of just hated the man because <laughs> of how competitive he was. But it's the same reason why you love people like him. He's competitive. He cares, um, and he's not super. At, he was never really athletic. Um, he definitely didn't have the the jump that a lot of the young guys in the in the league do now, but he was so skilled and competitive and a true leader. And I mean, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, which is crazy to say because yeah. on that point he wasn't he was a he was known for being the sixth man. So now he's going from sixth man to Hall of Famer. Um, and he put the league on the map. That's the huge thing about Monogen only. I think that's going to immortalize him. Really, is he's. He's the star of Latin America, and he brought the game down there and mm-hmm. set the pathway for other big uh, players coming inter- from the international reigns. Yeah, no, definitely uh, all. Yeah, congratulations, Mono Ginobili, man. Um, you did a lot for this game. 
We love you and yeah. we hate you, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> How about Jordan Bell here getting suspended <laughs> one game? So I heard about the suspension, but you you uncovered the reason why here, Sean? What, yeah. what happened? Yeah, so basically, I guess there's this running joke where on uh, the Warriors, they'll kind of, in a way, haze rookies by billing random things to their hotel rooms. Um, it can take the form of many things, but... Now that Jordan Bell's a sophomore, he thought he'd get some revenge and you know, kind of play some fun little jokes on uh, some people. And in this case, his assistant coach, Mike Brown, who he built a $15 candle to his hotel room. <laughs> and Mike Brown did not take this very well at all. Um, oh, saw no. it as an as a uh, insult to him as like he, they had no respect from Jordan Bell and thought that he was just trying to make him look bad. And so he comes around and he suspends Jordan Bell for one game, which cost Bell ultimately $9,500 worth of a game check for this stupid <laughs> little prank. Because um, Mike Brown thought it was a part of a bigger like scandal of them like ha- hating <laughs> Mike Brown as an assistant coach. He just took Man. it the wrong way. Um, now Jordan Bell comes off as immature and disrespectful <laughs> is this yeah. a big deal or is this like what? this is laughable <laughs> i don't even this know i don't even know it's just <laughs> the story was just so ridiculous i mean i'm sure there's more to it like maybe maybe mike brown is just disrespected in the locker room and this just happened to be the last straw which i'm kind of leaning more towards that um, but it's kind of sucks for both of these guys that it leaked that yeah, the story, that the it's details really this embarrassing league. for Mike Brown, and it sucks for Jordan Bell because he lost a lot of money. Yeah, I mean Mike Brown to me has always seemed like such a players uh, type of coach. Like he seems like he has a very big, um, like uh, pranky type of personality. I don't know. I've, I feel like I've noticed that from some of the interviews I've I would watch of him. Uh, but hey, man, the details here are a little bit embarrassing and and kind of stupid and. I think it's forgetful, yeah. uh, but I'm sure stuff like this happens all the time. Some of these guys are really young and, you know, yeah, sometimes just... hazing and pranks go the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, learn the hard way, I guess. Um, yeah. How about this one, Alan? Signs pointing to Damian Lillard signing an extension with the Blazers this summer. Is this any news to you or is this like, yeah, I already thought that I would mean, happen. Yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise, but I mean, I'll still call it a big deal because, I mean, the Blazers – that just means they're continuing to go and I don't see any reasons to I know people keep talking about should they blow up the core should they blow up the core I really don't see it I mean keep these guys I mean it kind of sucks that you lost Nurkic but he's on his way up as terms of potential as a player um, and I think Damian Leonard is not going anywhere I don't think CJ McCollum's going anywhere you keep these three guys and you know what who's you know whose contract gets off the books after next after next year Evan Turner's ridiculous oh, yeah. nineteen million dollars a year contract. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> if you once you get that deal off your books, maybe you know, maybe Sign you're talking some to some useful sum- players. Yeah, the summer of 2020 might actually look really very well for this Blazer team. <laughs> so I think it's a big deal, man. Keep the core going. Yeah, and you you cannot let a guy like this go. You you could argue that in on some nights he is the best point guard in this league all around Mm -hmm. and you you can never get let a guy like that go this is kind of what i think the wizards wanted john wall to be is what damian lillard is yeah exactly and 
I just keep thinking about that 19 million that's going to come off their books once Evan Turner's gone. Yeah. 19 million? So Dude, that gives you two shops. Julius Randles. Two Julius Randles? No. <laughs> you can even throw a Brooke Lopez in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Trade? Yeah, get rid of Turner, get two Julius Randles and a Brooke oh, Lopez. <laughs> oh, so brutal. But yeah. I- I'm interested to see your take on this one, Alan. So this report just came out earlier today that Steph Curry has had minorly poor eyesight his whole life and just switched to wearing contact lenses. Wow. I think that's a bit of an exact... It has to be an exaggeration here. What do you mean? There's, like, I think there's an exaggeration in how poor his eyesight was. No, they're saying it's minor. Like, like he can see, obviously, or else he wouldn't have had, like, a driver's license and stuff. But, like, now he can see, like, as good as anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't know what to think of this man. Like, and one. He's gonna start shooting seventy five percent. Yeah, yeah. On one hand, I'm like, oh my god, he could be so much better. But on the <laughs> other hand, I'm like, this just seems like total baloney to me. What here. if it like, makes him worse? <laughs> maybe. What if he's like, yeah, if it, oh, like this is weird. This is way too clear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just starts aiming at like precise look things on the rim rather than the rim itself yeah it's like i'm gonna hit that little dust speck on the (laughs) rim (laughs) yeah i just think that's a a pretty crazy story that this man didn't have like 2020 vision you know i think it's like a crazy story but it also seems like total baloney so i'm gonna go with forgetful (laughs) unless he starts shooting like he literally just starts shooting like 52 percent from three like that's crazy okay so if he shoots over 50 percent in the playoffs would you say that we'll come back to this story and be like, yeah, it's the contact lenses. Maybe. I mean, dude, if he shoots 50% from three the whole playoffs, <laughs> that's amazing. Like, like oh, everybody man. should start wearing these contact lenses. Well, I mean, everyone should wear contact lenses if they, if they have bad <laughs> eyesight. True. True. <laughs> what about Greg Popovich getting ejected 63 seconds into the game against the Denver Nuggets here? I mean, it's a big game for both teams, but... It's got to be a record for this guy. Well, actually, just Rudy Gobert broke has that record from earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, it's probably a record still... for Greg Popovich getting ejected. I, I feel like this was a little much, honestly. <laughs> I mean, he was arguing a call like pretty vehemently, but it's like give him one technical, you know? Yeah. Like I, I don't know what exactly he said. Maybe it did deserve an ejection, but. I don't know how you could be that heated 63 seconds into the game off of one foul not getting called off LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, I, it I don't had, really something get it. must have been said. Like, maybe a couple F-bombs were dropped or, you know, the ref was just not having it that day. And it happens. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. And they, they got pounded in that game because of it, probably. No Greg Popovich the entire game. Yeah, and I think that's what kind of sucks and probably what's going to what frustrates Greg Popovich and the whole Spurs locker room more is that this game was almost decided right from the start here with this ejection a little bit. Right. Um, you could argue the Nuggets probably would have won. It's at home. Um, they true. are a better team, but... It definitely affects the tone, at least yeah. for, the, for the first half of this game. Yeah. I mean, sometimes this is a motivating factor when your coach gets ejected, but not when it's for something as dumb as this. <laughs> yeah. That Spurs team that won eight games in a row, um, they need to come back, man. Yeah, I mean, if they if they want to avoid playing the Warriors in the first round, and this would be a perfect opportunity to get that seventh seed, get your revenge on the Nuggets in the first oh. round of the playoffs. That's true. That's true. 
So I'm gonna go with forgetful here. We'll see. Yeah, I'll go forgetful yeah, too. They lost a game. They probably would gonna we're gonna lose anyways. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about this? Shaq uh, claims that Giannis is better than him at 24 years old, Oof. and he's, he he quote unquote he says he's better. That's why I gave up my Superman title to him. He's earned my respect. Calls him a hard worker, a competitor, a competitor unlike others. I mean, there was a lot in the in what he was saying that made it seem like he was attacking. He was taking shots at Dwight Howard, which he has in the past over the Superman claims he used to make. But Superman title officially from the man himself, Man of Steel, Shaq, goes to Giannis. I mean, big deal of forgetful here. Or do you agree with Shaq? Is he better? I mean, Is Giannis better than Shaq at 24? If Shaq says it, he, it's got to be true. You know, like, who am I to say that? No, Shaq was better than Giannis when Shaq himself is saying that, no, Giannis is better than I was. And Shaq's yeah. not really one to be coy about how talented he was. I mean, he he knows exactly <laughs> how good he was. Yeah. Um, so this is a big deal, man. I, I mean, Giannis has definitely earned this. And if you line up the numbers, they line up pretty evenly. Um, they both mm-hmm. average pretty close to the same points per game, same rebounds per game, uh, pretty close to the same field goal percentage. And Giannis is just more athletic than Shaq I think so, yeah and I think that's yeah. the, that's that's the big key here and I mean Shaq also talked about that in this interview is it's it's just different I mean yeah. it's a different game yeah, Shaq was a bigger argue. guy yeah, in he's the a post bigger guy and Giannis is more of like a playmaker from outside yeah um, but and, yeah yeah when you break down what Giannis can do you gotta get you kind of want to give the nod to Giannis. He runs, he passes, he shoots, he's in the post, yeah. he's athletic. Like Shaq was a monster. He's a tonk, he's a big truck uh backing you down. <laughs> but Giannis is like that. Yeah. It's like a uh McLaren on the on the <laughs> racetrack. Yeah, I like that one. That's good. <laughs> exactly. Well, talking about injuries here, you got Joseph Nurkic breaking his leg again in that game against the Nets. Uh, tough loss right there. Yeah, that's right. Really and the tough Timberwolves loss. also just completely shutting down <laughs> like the what, entire like 75% team. percent of their yeah. starting five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is still out there for this team, but yeah, they shut down Jeff Teague, Derrick Rose, and Robert Covington, who really hadn't played very many games for this team since he was traded there. Um, shut down for the remainder of the season. Uh, we kind of saw this coming. The Wolves have been eliminated for a while now. Not really much to fight for. And these guys have been fighting off injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. Best for that to happen. Yeah. How about Kelly Oubre Jr. going a minor procedure on his left thumb. Also, a.k.a. known as the Suns unlocking another facet of their tanking <laughs> here by sidelining him for the rest of the year. Uh, this guy's having a breakout year, so... If he has he makes that full recovery, he's probably looking at a nice extension for, for himself there. Yeah, the Suns will probably give him way more money than he should get. Um yeah. he, he played really well for them, honestly. I mean, he, he earned himself a starting role. Not that there's a lot of competition for that. But yeah, I mean Kelly Urbre Jr.'s he could have a bright future in the league. Yeah. I, this one's interesting here. Laurie Markinen shut down. Due to extreme fatigue and rapid heart rate. Yeah, that one's weird. What is weird. the context here? I mean, Do you know? not really. Honestly, I mean, this could be the Bulls activating their full-on tanking mode as well. Um, yeah. With them, I've already, um, they're already shut down Zach Levine for the and Otto Porter Jr. for the rest of the season too. Um, but yeah, Laurie Markkinen, uh, maybe he just wasn't. He didn't come in conditioned. 
um, coming off that injury he had for the first half of the year and then right. comes in and instantly plays starter minutes. I, I don't know. As a young guy, you would think that he'd be able to just handle this, but uh, maybe maybe there's some underlying health issues there. Maybe his diet sucks. Maybe he's playing too much Fortnite. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a it seems like a weird situation. But I'm gonna lean that things are okay, and it's just Chicago trying to lose some more games. Uh, yeah, which is kind of crazy that we're seeing so much more of this. I mean, Lons. I mean, LeBron's also shut down. A lot of those Laker guys are shut down. Mm-hmm. Just a list of dudes Man, we just you, went over. Have you looked at the Bulls roster lately? I have not. Man, it, I have I not had any interest. I, it, they are the Memphis Grizzlies of this year. It is absolutely <laughs> insane. You should look it up right now because it is like it, it might be worse than the Memphis Grizzlies because the, I could at least identify like on a given night like the four guys I knew that they called up from the G League and we'd always like poke <laughs> fun at them. But right. I don't even know who they're playing right now. It's so weird. <laughs> their 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 top scorer in their game earlier today was a guy named Walter Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> I, who is he? I don't know. I have no idea who these guys are. <laughs> Walter Lemon, man. I don't I have no idea where they find these guys. I mean you gotta do what you gotta do, right? One moment you're playing Walter Lemon, the next you're playing Zion Williamson. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're gonna. I mean, they've locked up. I think the fourth worst record in the league. So that that'll give them a good shot. They, they, yeah, they got guys. Yeah, Walt Lemon, Jaquiel Harrison, um, Timothy Luwalu Cabarro. I actually know that one. Um, Jakar Sampson got 30 minutes for them tonight. Don't know who that is. <laughs> so Walter Lemon Jr. <laughs> Actually, is affiliated with the Windy City Bulls, so I mean it makes sense. He's a G League okay, guy. Yeah, I think but I expected that. Twenty six years old, drafted in twenty fourteen. I mean, he's just one of those dudes who's just you know just taking advantage of the opportunity, but probably not much is going to come out of this. Probably not. I, yeah, <laughs> it's a good story and good for this guy coming in the NBA and scoring some buckets. But yeah, but that doesn't win you games. Yeah, I mean, Let's and see. that all goes according to plan. <laughs> right? Exactly. Jonas, Jonas, I can never say this man. Jonas, can you say this man? Jonas yeah. Valanciunas. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Out for the rest <laughs> of the season with an ankle sprain. I mean, same story here with Chicago, Memphis, potentially just going full. Yeah, full um, tank mode here. I mean, I actually saw the injury. It, it looked like a pretty bad sprain. There's only like a week left, so I mean, it makes sense that he's just shut down now. But he is actually playing super well for this team, making me question. If they should have even traded for Marcus Gasol in the first place, with yeah. the type of numbers this guy was putting up, 20.4 points a game, 11.1 rebounds per game in the entire month of March. Those are some yeah. dominant numbers, man. Oh, yeah, and this Memphis team was sneaky, just like stealing some must-wins for some of these yeah. teams. Like, you talk about OKC falling down to eighth. They lost to Memphis twice, I think. I think so, um, yeah. Uh, during this last stretch, and they also beat. Who do they I mean? They beat the Lakers. They basically knocked the Lakers <laughs> yeah, out, yeah. out of their playoff hopes. Right. Um, they got some solid. They were. They had some close games as well with some other big teams. But yeah, Mike Conley got himself a Western Conference Player of the Week in there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, to, <laughs> knock, to knock you out of the fantasy basketball playoffs. <laughs> exactly, Mike Conley coming out of nowhere, playing like he's twenty-seven years old yeah, again. Yeah. Chakim Noah playing. A, like he's on the 2009 2010 Chicago Bulls like 
yeah, crazy, I mean, man. Yeah, I, I give him credit for fighting hard. Um, but yeah, we'll see if hopefully Jonas can come back next year strong as ever. Um, be that Mark Gasol replacement for this team. Yeah. So I'm always go to hot teams. The Toronto Raptors here riding a five-game winning streak, trying to maybe potentially close down on the Bucks here to take that number one seed. But luckily for them, their whole team is fully healthy. Is there a chance here, Sean, that they can take that one seed? I mean, if they rest Giannis for the rest of the season, yeah. <laughs> but the Bucks probably won't do that. So, I mean, they might as well. I mean, I can definitely see some load management upcoming for guys like Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry um, for these last few games. Um, they really don't have much to play for at this point. Um, so these last three games they have, I can see them just shutting it down a little bit. Um, but they're right. fully healthy going into the postseason. So I'm excited to see what Kawhi Leonard can do back in action. Yeah, this is going to be an exciting debut here for um, Kawhi Leonard. And, I mean, it looks like they're going to get to play one of these sorry Eastern Conference teams. <laughs> and it might be a sweep right from the start. But, uh, yeah. hey, we'll see. I guess anything's possible once you're there. How about the Utah Jazz just taking advantage of the easiest schedule <laughs> for a team above 500 right now? They're riding this five-game winning streak, winning 10 of their last 11. And this is despite having some guys come in and out of the lineup. I mean, Ricky Rubio, Jake Crowder, and Derek Favors. And, I mean, also losing Dante Exum a, a month ago uh, to his uh, brutal season-ending injury. But this team continues to fly, and they, they're hopeful they can get that home court advantage, though. Uh, they're running yeah, out of space here in the season. To, yeah, at this point, the Blazers have that two-game advantage over them. Uh, more likely than not, we'll be playing them in the first round with uh, disadvantage um, as far as home court. But really, they just need these guys to be healthy, man, if they want to do anything in the playoffs. Like, Ricky Rubio has to be there. Derek Favors was playing really well um, before mm-hmm. he got hurt, so hopefully his injury isn't too serious. Uh, they ha- They have a week and a half to get healthy. But that they really do need a full squad to compete in the playoffs. Right. You could only bank on Donovan Mitchell and Gobert for so much. I mean, yeah. These, and, and they've been beating up minute. on the, the bottom of the league, too. They haven't really been playing against a lot of good teams. So, like, they can win these games without some of these guys. But push comes to shove. They're going to need these guys against hard teams. Right. And you're, and you're looking at potentially ending up in a playoff series against, I mean, the Clippers, the Portland or um, the Rockets, and those are going to be hard-fought series right there. Right, yeah. Playoffs are hard, man. Got to have your full squad if you want a chance. Right. How about sinking teams in Brooklyn Nets? I mean, Whoa. just a couple of weeks ago, they were like a Cinderella story, but they've just lost four of their last five. Um, and alongside their other Eastern Conference counterpart, Detroit Pistons losing five of their last seven. Uh, Blake Griffin dealing with his nagging injury. Man, the Eastern Conference, man. We're talking about these teams again. It's just, it's so pathetic, man. And we don't need to get into it very much more. But yeah, these two teams here, who seemed like they were a lock for the playoffs a few weeks ago, are now as likely to miss it as any other team in the six through nine spots. So, man, who's going to who's gonna <laughs> give it that last extra push, man? I don't know. I guess, I mean, I, I got, if Blake Griffin can come back, I got to give it to them. They got the, they got more veteranship. Uh, Carice LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie just, uh, they seem to have just fallen off the map right now. Yeah, like mean, them, It's been so hard for them coming back from those injuries, probably um, not as conditioned as they were at the beginning of the season. And then yeah. I'm, I'm really scared for this Brooklyn Nets team. Like I want them to make the playoffs so bad because of 
like how much they seem like they deserve it this year with how hard they fought, how well they played. But their final three games are against the Bucks, Pacers, and in their last game of the season, it is a, probably going to be a must win against the Miami Heat. Um, that's going to be an epic showdown, which, I mean, will probably end up being kind of mediocre basketball at the end of the day, but <laughs> I'm going to be watching that game for sure. Yeah, I keep wanting to turn off my league pass, <laughs> but like I was pretty excited about this Miami-Boston game, and when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, I'm not so sure I really want to see this. <laughs> yeah, well, that one was on NBA TV. You don't even need a league pass for that one, right. luckily. Or like, uh, what was the other one? The Orlando versus Heat Oh, game yeah, last that was week. such a bad game. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be a great game. This is a must win for either one of these two teams. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I really, And then the Pistons on the other end, they have a key game against the Hornets this weekend, who the Hornets will be likely fighting for their lives as well. Like, if they lose, they're out for sure. Yeah. So that, we'll that, see. Yeah. A lot of mediocre, epic games coming, coming your way. <laughs> right. How about best performance of the week? And this, I mean, we might as well just give it to this one guy. Yeah, we, we'll give it to We'll give him the best performance of the best performances for sure. Russell Westbrook, 20, 20, and 21. <laughs> Triple double, three steals. Of course he did it against the Lakers. Like I said, any guard, every guard, every guard has, if there's going to be, if you're going to have a historic performance night, it's going to be against LA and our defense of the last few years has been bottom of the barrel. Yeah, that's so sad. But I mean, the cool story here is that um, it came after the the news of the rapper Nipsey Hussle um, being murdered and Russell Westbrook yeah. like basically was like, this game's for you. And he comes out with a 20-20-20 game. Um, so if that's in honor of someone, that that's a way to do it. Yeah, incredible performance, man. This guy just keeps going. Westbrook, I mean, he's got some awful games. Sometimes he puts up terrible numbers, <laughs> makes bonehead plays. But he, the when he goes great, he goes great, yeah, man. Yeah, do, doing this, doing a game like this with the where the season's at right now, I'm, I'm really excited to see these playoffs, man. I got to see playoff for us. Yeah, I I am pumped, and I want to see it against the Warriors yes, more than anything. Please, but I mean, just talking about Jonas Villachunas here. Yeah, uh, big one here for him. Thirty-four minutes, uh, sixteen to twenty-eight shooting with thirty-four points, twenty rebounds, and five assists, along with two steals and two blocks in that win over the Suns. Uh, I mean, it's against the Suns, so big whoop right but i mean this is a monster game for this guy who yeah i mean a lot of people saw as like just an above average center um proving that he might be a top center in this league um when all things are said and done come next year um playing on this grizzlies team he seems to have found a good home here yeah deandre aided man just cannot hold down these big boys i know right and i remember <laughs> i remember when he went up against bobin he's just like i had nothing for the big guy you know it's like <laughs> you're a big guy man you're supposed to be seven foot super athletic i mean man break out of your rookie shell like like some of these other guys like shay gilgis and freaking trey young just get it done man yeah Danny Green, though, having himself a game, 11 for 15, 7 for 10 from 329 points in a win against the Orlando Magic. I mean, that was like an, a slaughter. Like, I don't think this game was very close at all. It was not very close. Um, but when you have Danny Green as your leading scorer on a team that has guys like Lowry, Leonard, Siakam, um, this is impressive, man, that Danny Green's been able to just be this consistent, deep threat 
hard defensive player for them. Um, just super mm-hmm. consistent. Um, able to knock off threes like this, man. I mean, th- this Raptors team him. is just in prime form right now. Right. Talking about Evan Turner, though, 25 hey. minutes, <laughs> 5 for 5, 13 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. There's your 19 million right There's there. Your, hey, you got that triple-double, <laughs> man, off the bench, too. Evan Turner. I mean, it kind of sucks because this is the this is the type of performance Portland probably thought they were going to see like <laughs> a little bit more often from this guy. But, hey, every now and then he puts it together. Yep. <laughs> a broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day, right? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who are the worst performances of the week here, though, Sean? Oh, you got yeah. some guys there's, that you found. Yeah, there's some fun ones. How about this guy, Damian Dotson? Uh, you know who Damian Dotson plays for, Alan? I don't, and he lost against the Heat, so I'm going to guess he plays for, like, uh, let's see. I think I'm going to go with the Charlotte Hornets. Well, that's a good guess, but it's the New York Knicks. Oh, I should. Another <laughs> one that I was like yeah, sitting on. Yeah, young Damian Dotson uh, with 24 minutes, zero of eight from the field for two points and four turnovers in that loss to the Heat. Oh man, I almost feel bad that this guy's on it. Miles Bridges, mm. 26 minutes, zero for five, zero points, five rebounds, and two turnovers. Loss against the Jazz. Yeah, and you know he had the worst performance out of everyone on his team, but. His team was so bad in this game. <laughs> the Hornets starters scored a total of 53 points, and Kemba Walker was 47 of those 53 points in that game. Yikes. The only player to show up. Miles Bridges had zero. Marvin Williams had zero. I don't even know who else started for them, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. I was not so aware bad. of this stat. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I was looking at that. I was like, man, one of these numbers is not like the others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. C.D. Osmond, though, 33 no, minutes. Sadie. He's com- he's coming into his own, but sometimes he has nights like this. One for 12, three points, three assists, fouling out in a loss <laughs> against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, this is a bad one. You're against the Suns, man. There's n- That's not much competition there. And- I, mean, I just fouling. Who are you, Devin Booker, Josh or? Jackson? Josh I don't, Jackson, I don't know, yeah. man. Like this is just I don't know. Bad, bad basketball from this man. I I want to see this guy do well. You know, he's a guy. He's the guy you root for. But yeah, it seems like he's he was on his way to breaking out, and then he had a bad stretch. Then he comes back again. So we'll see. Maybe next year will be he'll find some more I mean, consistency. I'm not feeling it, man. I just unfortunately feel like he's just an average player. <laughs> That's probably also <laughs> true, but uh, who? The question here to close the podcast off though is: Is LeBron an only above or average player in the league? Is he all NBA? And he averaged twenty seven points, eight point five rebounds, and eight point three assists per game this year. But here's the monkey wrench here: mm. In this century, no player on a below five hundred team, having played only fifty five games, has ever made all NBA. And if you wanted to find players that did, you were, you'd only find two. Bernard King in 1985 led the league in scoring and then tore his ACL, oh. <laughs> therefore limiting the number of games he played. And then Pete Maravich in 1978 had a bunch of injuries as well and fell just short of carrying his New Orleans Jazz hey. <laughs> to the playoffs. That's how long ago that was. Wow. So outside of these two guys, no other player has been on a team as bad as the Lakers has and not and made an all-NBA team. Hmm. 
So here are the locks. Probably, I think you can agree here too. Is Steph yeah. Curry, Durant, Giannis, Harden, Paul George. Yep. So that's fair. Is this your first all team NBA? Like those are locks or first team? Uh, either or. I think they're just definite locks okay. for an all NBA selection. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think some of the competition here for LeBron is you got Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Jimmy Butler. You can tell you can throw Gallinari, hey, Gallinari in there. Gallinari well. in there. Nice. I, I mean, I'm just trying to pick some forwards who have really just been, you know, you know, kicking butt out here yeah, this yeah, NBA I appreciate season. That. <laughs> so, Sean, is LeBron James, is he all NBA, man? Is he gonna be the first guy that we throw Ooh. on there with a subpar? 500 team? And I'm I'm just trying to think if there's anybody we missed off of this list that I mean, maybe maybe you could throw in like. Uh, I mean, there's guards, obviously, but I'm trying to th- in forward in terms of forwards. I mean, is is so is it just guards and forwards now? There's no center position, right? So I mean, Nikola Jokic is a lock on this list somewhere. Yeah. Um. Oh man, this is. I guess tough. you got Joel Embiid as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Uh, he might be as a guard. I don't know. We don't know what he classifies as. This is a tough list, but I mean, I gotta think he he'll still make it over guys like Blake Griffin, Jimmy Butler, and Gallinari. But is that enough? Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like if anything, he'll be third team All NBA, but no higher. That's what I'm thinking. I'm leaning towards he's gonna go All NBA, third team, and he's probably gonna knock out a guy like Lamarcus Aldridge here. Probably. That's who- yeah, that's who I, I mean, he's gonna I mean, take those out. Numbers are good numbers, though. Like twenty-seven, eight, and eight. Those are good. I mean, <laughs> you don't see the defensive efficiency stat on there, but <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And that's gonna be, that's the that's the case against him. He's got yeah, two big things. It's, it's bad team. Oh, well, I guess he's got three really three <laughs> big good points. Fifty-five games, you know. Yeah, like, it's it's, it's more than half, but it's not a lot. Right, and um. His team is below 500, and defense, I mean, when he wants to, he can play great defense. Man. But overall. I didn't think we'd be at a point already in our lifetimes where LeBron James would not be on an all-NBA team. Right, and like I said, the last time he didn't was his rookie year. And even then, he probably could have had a good case for why he could have. Yeah, so what do you think, Alan? Do Do you think that he's on one of these teams? I think so, man. I think you just can't take him off. I mean, at the end of the day, I think he's still one of the, still one of the s- best players individually. Right, exactly. Yeah. Individual talent. He's got it. He's still top five. Uh, just a bad year, and I think I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna knock out Lamarcus Aldridge off yeah. this list and give LeBron James uh, make put him on the third, honest, the third All NBA. Honestly, does Anthony Davis even have enough games to be on this list? Yeah, that's a that's a good point too. Yeah, like I mean, I might you might have to throw Carl Anthony Townsend over Anthony Davis. So uh, it's gonna be an interesting race. And I, I'm I know that there's guys with a lot of incentives in their contracts to make these All NBA teams. I'm sure LeBron is one of them. Um, it's probably something that was considered a shoe in before is now looking a little dangerous. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how that ends up. But ultimately, I think me and you are in agreement here. He probably goes All NBA third team. Yeah makes sense all right thanks everybody for tuning in don't forget to tune in week in and week out and subscribe to the second stringers nba podcast wherever you listen to your podcast yes sir have a good week everybody